Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What's up, podcast family? We know you've got a great idea, and now you're about to quit your nine to five and tell your boss what he can do with that J-O-B. Well, listen up, because this week on Two Black Guys, we are talking about the entrepreneurial boogie. That's right. Do you have what it takes to be your own boss? Well, sit tight, listen in, because we're about to get into it. All right, Big Sean, so why did you decide that it was important for us to do a show about being an entrepreneur? Oh, excuse me, are you talking to me, Arlington? Sorry, man, the, the rays, the rays. I'm trying to get my tan on here. I'm on the beach in Barbados right now, you know, in the middle of the day when y'all are working. But to do a show on entrepreneurs, Arlington, like, they have to understand, to get, like, our lifestyle, it doesn't come easy. And we need to explain to the people today the good, the bad, and the ugly, this whole entrepreneur stuff, you know. People think it's just a cakewalk, and we need to give them the real deal, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 that's two pina coladas, please, please. Virgin, virgin, I'm about to tape a show. Thank you. All right, Big Sean, I hear you talking, but I don't think we're sharing the same lifestyle because while you're grabbing drinks in Barbados, I'm here working my ass off in Malibu. All right, Matt, well, help me out. Take us to commercial and we'll be right back on Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Keep it locked. And damn, I got to change up something in my life. I need some drinks. Somebody get me a drink. Somebody. Thank you, Arlington. This sponsorship break is brought to you by Clean. Clean is a financial literacy program designed to educate youth in a fun and interactive way through class lessons, workshops, and web seminars. To bring it to a school or organization near you, please visit www.financiallyclean.com. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit. We are a show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Dion, the lady with the facts, can you please give us a history of entrepreneurship? Absolutely. 
Uh, Although before, (laughs) you're welcome. But before I I delve into that, I thought I'd give a quick definition of what exactly entrepreneurship is. So quite simply, it is the process of starting a business. It's that simple. Gotcha. Now, today, entrepreneurs are quite romanticized as being the cornerstones of of a successful capitalist economy. Uh, But entrepreneurship is not a new thing. It it goes back over 20,000 years. It all began pretty much uh, in New Guinea. This is when humans first started trading back in 17,000 BC. Uh, This is a time where locals would exchange obsidian. And for those who don't know, that's a volcanic glass that they actually used in their hunting tools. And Nike's favorite navy blue color. And I did not know that. Thank you, Arlington. Uh, Yes, but they would uh, trade uh, this obsidian for other needed goods like tools, skins, and food. Uh, This type of hunter-gatherer trading process went on for thousands of years. Uh, But the next really big development that really uh, set entrepreneurship on um, uh, a trajectory was the invention of money. So you no longer had to deal with that limited uh, concept of incidental wants and uh, where you actually either you had the cows, but you had to find the person who wanted the cows. All that, you know, disappeared once money was invented and it changed money, 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 money. God, how do you get to sing so much on a financial show? I'd never understand that. (laughs) It's about diversification, my brother. If, If two black guys... Don't work out. I have to go single black guy singing in the opera. That's what it's all about. <laughs> One week opera you're Bob Marley. Okay. Singing black guy singing in the opera. There we go. Listen to that. Check that podcast coming soon. From Bob Marley to the OJs. Arlington, although you may not think I'm ready to be an OJ or even ready to be a singer in, in any manner, but I do, know, I, I do know one or two things about entrepreneurship. And I know, you know, there's a, there, to me, I have like four key principles to succeed in business. And it, and it all starts with having the right mindset. Like, I mean, you need to have the right mindset. And, and doing so, you need to be able to anticipate failure, like, and keeping it real with yourself. Because people ignore and deny the signs when it comes to failure. And I don't even look at it as a failure. I look at it as learning and see these things and be able to, you know, understand what you need to do, what you need to change, why isn't it working, and, you know, and keeping it honest. The second thing is you have to learn to delegate. We all have that problem, and that really will take you from the small business guy to the medium-sized business guy because you have to trust in your staff. You have to build confident people around you so your business can thrive. Your business, and my goal with my business is that, you know, my business should be able to function without me. Hence, Apple. You know, Steve Jobs has passed away, and Apple is still thriving. That's where you need to, that's that's where a, you need to take your business. That thriving is a matter of subjective opinion. <laughs> well, it's moving. And then the next thing, back to Steve Jobs again, one of my favorite people, is that you need to stay hungry, stay curious. I mean, and the next thing is Arlington, something you like to do, you know, rub a dub dub that gut of yours every morning. But you need to <laughs> follow your gut. Like, I mean, your gut. There's there's books and books about um, on that instinct, and it's it's really if you have a sound understanding of your business and whatnot, your gut is really telling you what to do and you need to kind of listen to it every now and then and I go through that all the time I'll have people give me advice on different things and I take it in but at the end of the day I'm the one that needs to make that critical decision for my business I hear you but the one thing you didn't mention is what about a business plan what about a business plan Arlington you never had one hey I may not have had one but you know 
the so-called experts out there say a business plan is extremely important. I didn't have one, but I do realize that, you know, it can truly help you help you see and understand your business. It doesn't have to be something that's etched in stone. It can evolve over time. But when you sit when you sit down and add pen to paper, it really helps give you direction and an understanding of what your business is about, where it will sit in the marketplace, what you're truly trying to do and how you how you can actually get there. So, you know, I'm just putting it out there. A business plan is what the pros say you need to have. Well, I'm just going to add on to that, Arlington. There was a really interesting study done at uh, Babson College in 2006 by a William Belgrave. He was a professor there, also a longtime entrepreneur, and he studied several years worth of Babson graduates to find out uh, who did better, those who actually wrote a business plan and those who didn't. Interestingly enough, it didn't actually uh, make a big difference. It was very Ah. minimal. Ah. So that was shocking. However, this is even more powerful. Those who actually did write a business plan, however, were two and a half times more likely to actually go into business and follow through. So I thought hmm. that was quite interesting. Aha! That's exactly how I feel and what, I was, what the point I'm trying to make right now is that, you know, a business plan can primarily have one function or two. And in most cases, once those functions are satisfied, that peace plan gets filed away and you never ever look at it again you know and and the main point of it is to me it's a document that allows you to plan out your idea get all your ideas together gather ideas and see if this idea is viable and then create a plan around that idea and two if you need money you know if you need investors it's to share with other investors or partners or the bank to get a loan or to get people to believe in what you're trying to do and sometimes it could be a combination of one and two that's it. And, you know, people, I see people in, get so specific and detail and, like, become, I would say, obsessed with these business plans and spend five years on these creating a business plan, and then the market has moved or adjusted. So, you know, my point is it's not the Bible. And, and, and to me, if your business survives five years, you'll look at this business plan and look at it and be like, what the hell was I thinking five years ago? You need to, you know, respect the plan, but don't look at it as a, it's not the deal breaker for your business, for your venture. No, I agree. I am shocked. I'm agreeing with Sean on this one. Um, I've seen people that... should always, but... (laughs) I know you would think that. No, but I agree. There have been so many times I've met people that it's like three years later and they're still working on a business plan and they're not in business. And you're like, don't let the business plan hinder you from getting into business. Get in because the market doesn't wait for you. You know, so you get in and maybe you write the plan later. Or like Sean also said, we created a business plan for Canvas when we were deciding to look for investors to expand the business. But we had already been in business five years. And what we were doing was working, but we're looking for money and no one's going to take, no one's going to give you money on, hey, my business is great. You know, they want to see numbers. They want to see what's going on. They want to see the expansion concept, all those things. But the question is, when do you jump out of the window and quit your nine to five? I mean, that's a great question, Arlington, um, because Americans are actually leaving their jobs at the highest rate ever right now. According to the Bureau of uh, Labor Statistics, we're at a five year high. So just so you know, Almost half of Americans right now want to be entrepreneurs. So there's a major cultural shift happening, uh, especially with the millennials who, you know, when they look at Mark Zuckerberg, 
who prove not only that you can go work for yourself instead of a big company and you don't even have to finish school. Right. They actually are, are diving in at a, a whopping 63%. So when? I wish I had a crystal ball, but it's happening. Well, you know, I have a lot of good friends and they're probably not going to like what I'm going to have to say right now because a lot of my friends are working nine to five jobs and they call themselves entrepreneurs. And I just bite my tongue and say nothing because until you put it on the line, you are not an entrepreneur, in my opinion. You're, you're on, you may be on the verge of becoming an entrepreneur, but you're not an entrepreneur. And I know Dion recently just put it on the line herself, and she can sure she can compare. There's a huge difference with working a nine-to-five versus not working a nine-to-five and have to really get your survival skills out to survive, you know, so... And, and, and I think that the transition, it, you know, when you take that plunge, it does have to be calculated. You have to manage the risk is the most important. You have to know how to manage cash flow. And, you know, I don't believe in this plan B. You know, everybody wants to talk about a plan B. Like, you, if you have a plan B, then you're destined to fail. What you need to have is a what if. Not a plan B. is a big difference. A what if means like, what if I can't, these widgets don't, the market doesn't accept these widgets that I'm trying to sell. Well, should I alter the widgets a little? Should I do something different to make it more acceptable to the market? Or should I look for a totally, entirely different market to sell these widgets? The plan B is not like, I'm going to quit selling widgets then, then I'm going to go sell pillowcases. No, it's what, how do I make these widgets work? That's your what if, not go to, if you have a plan B and you haven't even got your plan A out, then you're never going to succeed. It's interesting. I did know when I was ready to make the move. It was also just the fact that barriers of entry now are much lower uh, if you want to get into business. You know, I was able to create our own website. I'm not a techie person by any means. Yeah, we know. We definitely know it. <laughs> That's why it's making easier for a lot of people to make that plunge. I agree, but I agree with you, Dion. And I also think a lot of people are trying to take the entrepreneurial plunge because they feel at least they hold their future in their hands. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? When you mm -hmm. work a nine to five, you get a tap on the shoulder or a call into the office and it's a wrap. When you have your own business, at least you can see the sky is falling. You could see where the challenges are and you'll know what your future looks like. And I think so people look for a little more security with that. And they also look to uh, have a little more lifestyle. When you create Absolutely. Your own. I think a lot of them do it too because it looks sexy from the outside. I know we're going we're gonna to talk about it a little bit more in the show, but people have the perception that, you know, the entrepreneurial life is just the, the good life. And it can be. I mean, I, I, went, I went and traded in, but there's, there's, there's costs and there's trade-offs just like everything else. Absolutely. Although add on to what um, Arlington was saying, you know, when you say lifestyle, a big, mm -hmm. a big part, big factor for me was also spending more time with my son. So exactly. when you say lifestyle, your priorities, you know, what's your, what's priority in your life now? And, and for me, it was also, I've also become a social entrepreneur. So for me, I, I realized, okay, I worked in fashion my entire career. I loved it, but I now knew that I wanted to do something that would impact young people. Yes, right? I agree. What, explain so, the social entrepreneurship, Dion. So it's, it's um, when you want to start a business where you actually want to make social change, you know, uh, whether it's the environment, whether it's helping, helping people. But yeah, you can have business, you can have for profit and also, you know, be doing something good for the earth. Dion, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's that lifestyle choice that you made that I think a lot of people are making nowadays. But before we head into commercial, we have a question for all you entrepreneurs out there. We want to know how many of you did or did not start your business with a business plan and what were the effects? Was it a positive or was it not so positive? Do you wish you had done it or do you feel like, who cares? It didn't change anything for me. Hey, 
We didn't start Canvas with one, but that's us. We want to know what you did. Tweet us at Two Black Guys Good Cred and let us know your story because we want to know. Two Black Guys with Good Credits. Keep it locked. We'll be back. This commercial break is brought to you by Canvas Malibu. Canvas Malibu is a boutique and contemporary art gallery located in Malibu, California. At Canvas Malibu, it starts with art, and their curated offering of shoes, apparel, accessories, and art are a definite must-see. Canvas Malibu is located in the Malibu Country Mart or online at canvasmalibu.com. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit. So now you have a business plan intact, maybe. Your motivation for why you want to start your own business is clear. You've officially jumped out of the window and quit your day job, and reality is about to set in. Well, I know, once again, I'm going to make another outrageous comment. You know, I don't really do these things, but... (laughs) Yeah, not you. Not you. All my MBA friends and everything, when it comes to being an entrepreneur, throw it at the toilet and roll up your sleeves and get dirty. And not too many people like to do that. People like to become an entrepreneur and still be in white collar mode and you have to really to, to do what it takes to survive you know i have a friend she has her mba from georgetown she worked with me at american express she she had a great job and she wanted she loved animals she wanted to open up her own pet grooming business and grow out and and franchise it and grow it out right now i think she has three current stores in in new york but every now and then well on the regular i'll call her and i'll be like hey what are you doing she'll and her response is cleaning dog poop you know and are you willing to roll up your sleeves and clean dog poop for you to survive? You know, for myself, I've had buildings for over 12 years and I'm still fixing toilets sometimes when I can't get a plumber to come over there. You know, so it's are you willing to really do what it takes to become to be to become a successful entrepreneur? Are you willing to make those changes, those sacrifices and, and have no shame in your game? Well, as they say, you open your own business, you become the chef, the cook, and the bottle washer. And if you don't love it, if that motivation isn't properly in place, some days it can be hard to get up and get it done. Because, But remember, if you're not getting it done, no one else is getting it done. There are days where Jack and I get up, we have to drive 30 miles down to downtown L.A., pick up fabric, take that fabric over to a sewer, go over to the button place, pick up buttons, go over to the... Um, go over to the zipper place, pick up zippers, drop that off of the sewer, drive to the store, merchandise the store, open, sell, put out product, sticker product, come back home at night, eat dinner, work okay, on the website. Okay. Work on we the... get it, Arlington. We get it. You know, we you get, get it. We get it. Oh, my God. I'm I was waiting wait to talk. We ended off and walk the dog. We pick up. Okay. All right. We wait, wait, get wait. it. Let me, let, me, let me give you the end. Let me give you the okay, end. Okay, go ahead. And then you wake up and repeat. Oh, oh ta-da. gosh. Ta-da. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Well, Arlington, um, I know there's a certain woman. She started a blog called My Wife Quit Her Day Job. Right. And I'm sure she'd agree with you. At the end of the day, everything falls on you. I mean, she listed four things, though, that are pretty critical if you're going to uh, uh, become an entrepreneur. One, payouts aren't so predictable, are they? Arlington, right? Sean, that nine to five salaried paycheck not coming every two weeks. If emergencies happen, it takes away you from you from your leisure, you know, from those hikes you love. Right. Sean, the the yachting, you know, you may have to go back to work. Not that fire. The yachting. Uh, (laughs) You like that? Oh, it's all Dion. 
at the end of the day, you have to deal with the customers. There's no manager to pass them on to. You're the CEO. And then lastly, it's your baby. So you feel personally responsible. You know, you can't leave it to somebody else. You know, you're the one losing sleep at night. You know, there's no one to pass the buck on to. So lots of things to keep in mind before you jump out that window. Can I quickly interject something? You surely can. Which I think people often forget when thinking about starting a new business. You don't get paid sick days. You don't get paid vacation days. When you're sick, the business may or may not be moving. When you're not at work, the business may or may not be moving. That's a good segue into what I want to talk about. Like we just talked about, you know, the commitment that's involved in this and, you know, the level of, you know, level of work that's involved to survive. But one thing people don't free, don't take into consideration and, and like totally forget, get caught up in this idea. And remember, this is a for profit operation. And one of the things you have to do to survive is how well can you manage money? If you have bad credit and you're not good at managing money, chances are you may not be a good entrepreneur. I'm sorry to say. There is the outliers of people that have been successful as entrepreneurs and been bad managing money, but generally speaking, and we talk generally speaking, if you can't manage your money, then you're not going to be a great entrepreneur. You know, what's gotten me this far is I am the king of juggling money. I'm always taking money from here, putting money there, juggling there. Sometimes they have to pull out, a, do a 60-day rollover out of my retirement we talked about on the other show to cover some expenses and roll it back in. There's, I'm, I've been juggling money for 16 years, and I can't wait for the retirement of juggling money. So if you don't know how to manage money, if you're not good with money, you should really think twice about becoming an entrepreneur. No, it's true. I think managing money is key. And, you know, they say there are general um, skill sets that are required to become a successful entrepreneur. And I'll just hit you with three. You need to be able to focus and be dedicated. You need to have vision and you need to have discipline. If you don't have those three things, if you don't have focus and dedication so you could commit all into what you're doing and get up and do it every day and work it, and like I say, Rubik's Cube, your business, which is you're constantly spinning it around, looking for, for angles, looking for advantage, that's going to be a challenge. If you, I like that, Arlington, actually. Rubik's Cube it. You like that, Dion? Thank I you. I need to copyright that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the idea is you're constantly scanning mm-hmm. your business, observing your business, thinking about your business to find advantages for right. yourself, finding ways to streamline your process, finding those ideas. You also have to have vision. You can't wait for something to happen. You always like, like I say, you have to be looking around the corner. You have to know what's next mm-hmm. in your industry. You have to know what's going on. You can't just open the business and say, okay, this is my business. That's that. Because business is always evolving and you're in competition with everybody in that industry. And then, and then in this day and age, that competition just isn't with the people in your neighborhood or in your city. It's global because there's somebody somewhere doing exactly what you're doing. And the last thing is self-discipline, like Sean said. If the money has to go to the bank, the money... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit BankofAmerica.com slash BankingForBusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. He needs to get to the bank. It can't stop on the way to the bank, at the sneaker shop, or at a restaurant, or at the movies, or on a trip to Jamaica. The money's got to go to the bank. So those are my three things. Well, people forget about the silent partner. And every business... There's a silent partner. And we all have, you know, we all have the same silent partner. And you know who that is? And it's not, it's not Dion. It's not you, Arlington. <laughs> You're my silent pain, but you're not my silent partner. <laughs> Does anybody know who the silent partner of the drum roll? And every business has it. The silent partner is the tax man. Let's not forget about Uncle Sam. My favorite uncle. Oh, God. He's not my oh, uncle. He can, He's not, not my uncle. He could be your uncle. <laughs> but I agree. Good Lord, do I agree. Taxes. There are taxes you will pay when you have a business that you haven't thought of. And the way these taxes are taken out, it's your responsibility to deliver them to the taxman. And then there's the whole thing of having to do your taxes at the end of the year because there's your business taxes that have to be filed and then there's your personal taxes that have to ah, be filed. And right. your business taxes will impact your personal taxes. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I want to leave people with, just because you signed up for a legal Zoom incorporation document does not mean you're fully incorporated. <laughs> Note to self, just because the binder shows up and it has your name on it and it says INC at the end does not mean you are fully incorporated. And why is that? The reason why is because in certain states, certain counties, there are additional steps that have to be taken in order for you to be fully incorporated and for in order for you to have incorporation protection. So all I'm saying is just check it out. Oh, well, good advice. And then the other big question is, so when do you hire an accountant? When do you hire a CPA or, or, or bookkeeper? You know, there's three things you do need to do when you set up your business with regards to record keeping. And one is setting up the system, right? Someone's got to enter the transactions. Yep. And then you've got to report your actual results. And of course, note those projections for future, right? According to Constant, Artic- uh, Constant Contact, I wrote a great article on this. You know, so then you have to decide now who's going to do it. Is it going to be you? Is it someone on your team? Do you outsource this? I mean, this is all the business behind the business, right, Arlington? Exactly. Well, I'll tell you this. I absolutely love my accountant. You know, if he's listening to this show, Lex, you're a great accountant. I was even at his his annual barbecue he had for Labor Day weekend last night, (laughs) eating all his food and drinks. I think Lex is a he's been my accountant for the last 10, 12 years. He's a fantastic accountant. 
But, you know, when I you still have to know your business and know your numbers. I, I present Mike. Wait a second. Wait a second. What makes Lex a fantastic accountant? I think you should shed light on that so people can know what to look for. Other than a guy who serves ribs and <laughs> rum and ribs and rum punch. What makes Lex? An, you know, he 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 takes time to really understand my business and see where I'm trying to go with it, and he makes sure that he does what he takes to. You know, what you really want your accountant to do is that you don't get audited by the IRS. And if you do get audited by the IRS, that everything is intact. And I've been audited before, and he sat with me during the whole audit process, and everything was intact. We had a zero audit change, right. and that's commendable. you know. And he makes sure that I'm staying, mm-hmm. I'm, everything is being filed correctly, everything is being done correctly. And I can go into his office, and we can talk strategic strategy, and he's there with me side by side. So you need to, But what I wanted to say is that Every year I present my account with my numbers. I, I mean, meaning I don't shoot them a bag. I don't give them a bag of receipts and stuff like that. That's not knowing your business. I have everything outlined in a spreadsheet and saying, here's my expenses, here what I paid, here what. And then we can talk about, okay, what's the best way to present this to the IRS? Not like I got to gather all this crap, Sean, and figure it out. We sit down there and talk strategy. Okay, how are we going to present this year to the IRS? And how does it look compared to last year? And that's the, that's the mindset you need to have. And that's when you know and understand your business. Because there's my business, there's so much going on in my so dynamic. He's not going to understand everything, every expense line and everything. And so I have to, you have to be able to explain those things to them. And they have to have an accountant that's willing to listen to you and understand that, you know, what Arlington's business is is different than what my business is. And it, it, it causes for a different comprehension and understanding. Got you. Well, you know what's interesting? Like they always say, tax avoidance is expected. Tax evasion is not. (laughs) (laughs) Point taken. (laughs) But Sean, how do you guys deal with cash flow in your business? I pay a bill, I get a bill, pay a bill, and I eat off the top. That's how I do it. (laughs) No, I know. That's a good way. People focus, you know, with me. I learn uh, how I do it in my mind. I mean, I, I, like I say, I think I do things something a little bit different. I don't focus so much on the revenue. I'm more focused on managing my expenses. I'm forever looking at my spreadsheets, figuring out ways in which I can cut expenses and way I can reduce costs. You know, to me, the revenue is like the bonus of the whole thing. And people so always spend a lot of time focusing, how much money can I make? How much money can I bring in? I focus on how much money, what's a little, the least amount of money I need to spend to bring in the most amount of money. And I think it's a whole different mindset because people don't understand net income or profit is revenue minus expenses. So if you can decrease your expenses, you can increase your revenue. That's a good one because, you know, they talk about things that people need to do. I'm sorry, people. I'm throwing out another one. It's another list of what you need to consider to be successful in your business. But one of the things which you are very good at. Yes, I did compliment Sean. <laughs> is that that's two and two, two Sean. and two in one show? I'm starting to feel ill. Um, <laughs> is that Sean is really good at implementing systems? Thank you. You never, you've never the said one, that before. Okay, can are I? Are we having I, a, I a bromance here? Never said that before. I, I'm just starting to feel <laughs> ill. But yeah, you know, it's really important. Like a lot of businesses, that's one of the things that takes them down. Is that. They have inadequate systems and processes. And Sean in that spreadsheet, God, they're like a married couple. But it is a great system. Another thing you need to keep in mind is you got to do your proper research and planning. It's like Sean said, when he sits down with his tax accountant, he goes in there with a strategy. He may have already formulated a strategy in his mind, and then he's going to share that strategy with his accountant. He's not going to go in there and say, here are my numbers. Tell me what to do. 
He's going to go in there with some forethought. So that forethought in business is always important. I just want to add one thing to what you just said, Arnold. What you just said is fantastic. And I want people to understand, too. You take that mindset not just with your accountant. You take it with your lawyer, with your investors, with every person you meet with. Like You come to them with a game plan, and then they can help alter that plan and give you added value to that plan. But it's for you to say, here's what I think we should be doing or what we should do, and then let's figure it out. You should never, and that that's more of the, you know, taking the proactive approach rather than the reactive and not knowing what your outcome is going to be. So I try to go into every meeting, whatever I have with it, with a strategy of how are we going to get through this. True, true. Yeah, you always have to have a strategy and a formula for your business. I'm going to hit you guys with three other quick things that all come out of one place. And that is you have to have a strong support structure. No one person is a business. That's just the bottom line. It doesn't matter what your business is. No one person is a business. You need a strong support team. But within that support team, you need to make sure you're hiring the right people because the wrong people can take the right vision and toss it out the window. You will find your business going left when it should be going right because you have the wrong person in charge. And also, this is always an idea that starts out real cute. I'm going to hire my brethren. I'm going to hire my sistren. I'm going to have my auntie run this Mm -hmm. part of the business. Friends and family with no skills, no experience, (laughs) no business acumen will not help your business run successfully. But listen, we have to go to the mailbag. And in the mailbag, we have Richard from Wisconsin. Where? This must be one of your brethren. Richard from Wisconsin. This must be one of your brethren, Sean. I think he heard about the ribs. He's been listening and he likes you to talk about ribs and food. And so Richard asked, I have an online sneaker business. My sales are looking great. And I think I'm ready to take my idea to the next level and open a brick and mortar store. What advice do you have for me, Sean? And he's asking you specifically. Isn't that funny? Because you're the sneakerhead. I know. Head, I, know. I think you should start off giving. What do you, <laughs> you think? Know what? Well, I think you should start off Arlington, and I'll, and I'll just give you the added. I'll give you the final punch. All right. Um, I think Richard, if you're going to take your online business to a brick and mortar, my thing would be, and Sean would probably agree with this. Make sure you manage your expenses because when you're online, your expenses are at an absolute minimal minimum. And when you go offline to an actual brick and mortar, now you have heat, lights, rent, you know, a litany of expenses you didn't have before. So when you say sales are great and money is looking good, add in those expenses to see if good is really good. Yeah, and to add to, to add to Arlington, I would say, you know, brick and mortar has changed so much over the years with this online presence because on the online is, you know, may not see it, feel it, but he's a direct competitor to your retail business because, you know, when I first moved to New York, a weekend like this, Flatbush Avenue would be packed with shoppers. It would be like people walking back all down Flatbush. Now you go down there, it's almost like ghost town because people are just shopping online. And I'm, I never thought I'd be the online shopper myself, but I am. It's just more convenient for me. So you have to understand that when you do this brick and mortar store, Location, 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 location. And you have to figure out what am I going to do different to drive people to my store. And not just look at the guy next door to me. Look at the online presence. Are my prices comparable to what's online? 
So, or is it a place where I'm going to be where I can people, I'm going to get a lot of impulse shoppers. They come off the train, they come off the bus, and my store is right there. Or if they have to physically drive to your store and make it a, 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 day, a, out, a day outing of going to your store, is it really going to work in these times? So I think you really need to consider the location and see what, what, how that location can really bring in uh, clients. And don't quit your online sales. Keep pushing. But just to add on to both of what you're saying, um, Arlington, you're absolutely right. Online, definitely less intense to actually uh, get in the game. Um, they're saying now, in terms of barriers of entry, they're at their all-time low with regards to online. And we can thank technology for that because um, nowadays, you know, so much of what we do now is DIY. You know, back in the day, you right. used to pay maybe $5,000, $10,000 to have a, uh, a website made, you know. And uh, now you can me, actually set up your, right? <laughs> <laughs> and now you can set up your whole infrastructure online. They're saying for under $100 dollars dollars my, my first website you know? cost like eight grand and my second website cost $1,200. You see? And I did it for what? eleven ninety five a month. I kid you not. You know, not to plug Squarespace, but I just plugged you. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, whoa, Dion, um, that was actually very funny. <laughs> no, but I actually, I think it's a great, it's a great service. Um, and then according to Intuit, uh, an interesting um, stat here, they're saying to start a business uh, right now in the U.S., $365 on average. Wow, that's So crazy. again, that's with regards to online and thanks to technology. Uh, but access to capital... These days, there's so, so many more options out there. Uh, the biggest one, crowdsourcing. That was unheard of. That's true. Not in, you know, not in my day. I know Sean would have, you know, say otherwise. But yeah, this is a whole new thing. I mean, I think you've got a story about a friend, don't you? Yes, I do know someone that um, is in the Malibu area who came up with an electrical bike with these giant wheels on the front. And the guy crowdsourced $5 million. Jeez. Can right? you believe that? And his business, his business is up and rolling. But just remember, mm-hmm. people, when they do this crowdsourcing, people don't tell you, you're still accountable to these people. It's not they just, this is not lottery money. So if you're not good at managing money, once again, get out that crowd, get out the crowd. <laughs> yeah, well, crowdsourcing, that's crowdsourcing, you know, maybe we should do a whole show on that because it has some nuances. As Sean said, it's not free money. It's not free money. You are accountable to the people. But. Keep it locked, because Two Black Guys, we got more for you. We're talking about being an entrepreneur, what it takes. We just gave you the reality, and we got a little more for you coming up after this commercial break. NickNightDirect.com is a fast, easy way to shop online. To buy an item from any U.S. website, just go to NickNightDirect.com. That's N-I-C-N-A-T Direct.com. Choose your method of payment and we'll ship, handle duties, and deliver your item straight to your door. I'm Sean of NickNightDirect.com and you have my word. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit. We're talking about... Being an entrepreneur today, what it takes, what's the realities, things to consider. I've got a great idea. Yes, everybody's got a great idea. But, but like Sean said, until you jump out of the window of that nine to five, it's just an idea with the potential to be great. So Richard from Wisconsin was our mailbag of the week. We hope we answered your question, my man. Sneaker sales are thriving. It's a multi-billion dollar industry that I'm happy to be a part of. Sneakerhead all the way. So the question is, Dion, where do we go from here? Well, Arlington, every minute in the United States of America, someone is starting a new business. 
So, yeah. Damn. So by 50, sorry, by 2020, according to business.com, more than 50% of all workers will be self-employed. Fascinating, isn't it? Well, you know what, Dion? As much as I applaud that, it just sounds like a lot of competition. <laughs> that, that too. That too. <laughs> I hope those people do not want to open any boutiques and galleries. That's my concept. But really, I totally understand that. As we said before, there's a social component, but there's also a very serious economic component. As the labor market changes, people will have to change with it. And the global labor market is causing people to make different decisions where they're like, instead of going to get a nine to five, I'd rather be my own boss and I'd rather craft a business around the lifestyle I wish to have, even if that may mean that I make less, but hopefully I make more money. You have to understand, we're forever evolving machines and Steve Jobs, once again, I'm going to quote him again, he never stopped evolving until the day he got died. You have to keep trying to better yourself and open your mind to new ideas and, and new and new and new paths, keeping that positive mindset, that positive energy. Life short, people. Well, Steve Jobs had Bill Gates, and I guess I have you, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> you, wait, you were just praying. You just said that. Can you just say that a little more upbeat, please? I tried. <laughs> but the reality is. You know, part of how Sean and I got how part of how Sean and I got to doing um, two black guys with good credit is these conversations that you guys are tuning into are conversations we have had since we both went into the entrepreneurial landscape in the uh, late nineties. It's a, and it's about having a board, having someone you can talk to, having a board of advisors. Like I said in the last segment. No business is run by one person and you have to have a person or a group of people that you can get on the phone and say, hey, you know, I'm thinking of doing this. I'm thinking of doing that. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? And that board of advisors are really important to select. If you have friends that don't know anything about business, don't put them on your board of directors because it's not going to help you. You need to find your friends that find your friends that you have or make new friends that have the information you need because no business is an island. And, you know, Sean is that one of the people that I call. He's one of the main people that I call when I have thoughts about my business. And I know he calls me as well. I don't know if I'm his main person. I (laughs) should be. No, Arlington, I am. I'm sorry to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. Right, I'm behind Dion. I'm I'm noncommittal. You guys are all part of this game. You guys are all part of this game. You're all part of this game. And that's why I think it should be. It should be, a, you know, you should get you should get advice from many different people, many different friends, and make and then, but ultimately make your own decision. That's what you should be doing. Yes, but you build you build your team. Teams start companies, and teams keep companies going. Keep in mind, like your industry moves forward, and that's the one thing that always crosses my mind when someone says, "I've been working on my business plan for three years." I'm like, do you know where the industry is three years later since you started that business plan? Because it's not where you were on page one three years ago. And people have to remember nowadays, like Dion said, there are people opening a new business every minute of every hour 
of almost every day and you have global competition. There are a lot of great ideas and yours could be one of them. And we hoped on today's show that we gave you some things to consider. We gave you the realities. We gave you what you need to get it started. And we gave you some points on where you go from there once you've gotten the first two rolling. So keep it locked to Two Black Guys. Keep sending stuff into the mailbag. Tweet us at Two Black Guys Good Credit so we can get that info for you specifically for you answer your questions specifically and as we said in this season we want to craft shows around your specific request so send them in keep it locked two black guys with good credit we'll be back this sponsor break is brought to you by holler magazine canada's premier fashion beauty and lifestyle magazine that's become a go-to source for men and women on the topics that matter most Holler features the latest in fashion, beauty, entertainment, and travel, as well as advice for navigating relationships, careers, education, and more. Want more inside scoops? Go to www.hollermagazine.com. That's www.hollermagazine.com. If you prefer to swipe over flipping the pages of your Holler magazine, you can download it at Magster.com's digital magazine newsstand. Magster is available for download on all mobile and tablet devices, so you are always in the know. Holler. All right, people, my bottom line this week is if you have the entrepreneurial spirit, pursue it. There's nothing better than being your own boss. You may not have as many days off. You may not have as many vacation days, but it's a great thing. One thing I would encourage you to do is look past the money and see what's in your heart. What's your true motivation? Ask yourself, what can my business add to the world? What can my business add to the universe? Is my business something that can be inspiring to others? Because those are the things, those are the times that will wake you up and push you through those hard days. Money isn't everything. It's a lot, but it's not everything. People, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you got to be just like a train, okay? Sometimes you got to pick some people up along the way and, hey, guess what? Let them off the train sometimes because you didn't want to add much value. Or their, their train ride has ended. And sometimes you got to pick some cargo up too along the way and get some advice and take that advice in and, and get that cargo off the train and sometimes keep it on. So to be a successful entrepreneur, you got to stay on that train of entrepreneurship and get to that destination. That's my takeaway. Got it. And with that said, people, please email your questions to two black guys good credit at financiallyclean.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two black guys good cred. So I'm Arlington, one half of two black guys with good credit living on the left coast, and I'm out. And I'm the man with the tracks signing out. See you next week. Peace. And I am the lady with the facts. Dion is out of here. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools 
award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 